The Starving Artist is brought to you by Heavy Water Coffee. With a time-honored passion for the craft, Heavy Water is selecting unique single-origin beans from all around the world and roasting them in micro-batches to maintain the highest level of quality control. High in quality, small in quantity, head over to heavywatercoffee.com. Use promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off your order. Again, that's heavywatercoffee.com. Promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off your order. The Starving Artist is also brought to you by Breed Love Guitars. The hallmark and mission to create perfect acoustic sound, to match that sound with effortless playability, and to craft a clean, modern, aesthetic instrument. Head over to breedlovemusic.com to check out their entire collection of a vast array of acoustic and acoustic electric instruments. Breed Love Guitars. Play better. Sound better. First of all, I want to preface this episode by uh, saying that there might be a little bit of background noise kind of out of my control. There's a snowblower on the sidewalk, but uh, looks like he's about done. Um, what's up guys? Welcome to episode 10. We are in the double digits officially. Um, as you can see, I'm in a new space here with a recent new chapter starting in my life. So, uh, yeah, here we are. And, uh, you know, like, and I mean, what's happened this week? So a lot of things, you know, a lot of, uh, personal changes, a lot of personal things, you know, going on as, as a, Pretty much the whole world exists in that framework right now. Um, yeah, the uh, you know there's another chapter in life beginning, uh, another uh, part of life beginning, and you know with that becomes the uh, the mindset of adapting and growing and going with the flow, as they say, uh, no matter how painful or or different or challenging it might seem at first. But the election is over. Uh, the world hasn't ended yet, although. You know, it's probably coming soon. COVID cases are ramping up again, and uh, the world is still as crazy today as it was yesterday. So, but here we are, and here you are, and uh, I hope that wherever you are, you're you're experiencing happiness and peace and contentment uh, during this time. I know that a lot of people have just have their, you know, it's one of those things that people just keep having their lives uprooted over and over again, and. Uh, it can definitely be difficult to manage. And, um, yeah, again, I'm, I, life has taken me into another temporary life chapter and I'm not sure how long I will, uh, be in this chapter or, or what is to come, but, but here I am. So, you know, where are you today? How are you feeling today? I think it's important practice to kind of check in with yourself. And, uh, it's one of the best things that we can do, not only to start our day off the right way, but, but just existentially try and, you know, contemplate what we're really feeling and, and how to navigate those confusing and uncertain waters. And uh, today I wanted to talk about a few things, but I think it's, it's going to kind of be, I'm, I'm working toward kind of just making it a little more off the cuff and not so structured because I think that, you know, in past episodes, I, I've, I've definitely enjoyed that and I'm going to continue to have guests. I think I'm going to have a guest next week for sure. Um, who that is, I'm not sure. I'm kind of talking to a few people right now. Uh, we're looking to get some guests on that have a lot of insights into fitness and entrepreneurship and business. Also, you know, people that are more in touch with the spiritual side. So uh, those, those are some things to come. But, you know, today I wanted to talk about something that I think is kind of kind of an overlooked and um, underappreciated aspect of life. And that's kind of trying to figure out exactly what's important to you and, and kind of how to figuring out how to learn how to trust yourself when your past decisions maybe haven't led you down a path that, uh, 
that allows you to feel the most free and able and, and capable as you, as you might be wanting to feel. Um, I want to start it off with a, a passage from a book that I'm reading. It's a, it's a book that sat on my shelf for actually quite some time because the author, Carl Jung, who's a pretty famous, I believe he's Swedish or yeah, Swiss. Is that the same thing? I think it's the same thing. But uh, very famous psychoanalyst and uh, life philosopher. People like Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson uh, base a lot of their own ideologies through him. And it's a book called The Undiscovered Self by Carl Jung. And uh, in light of what I wanted to talk about today, I wanted to read a passage from it. So the passage says, most people confuse self-knowledge with knowledge of their conscious ego personalities. Anyone who has any ego consciousness at all takes it for granted that he knows himself. But the ego only knows its own contents, not the unconscious and its contents. People measure their self-knowledge by what the average person in their social environment knows of himself, but not by the real psychic facts which are for the most part hidden from them. In this respect, the psyche behaves like the body of whose psychological physiological and anatomical structure that an average person knows very little to. Although he lives in it and with it, most of it is totally unknown to the layman and special and special scientific knowledge is needed to acquaint consciousness with what is known of the body, not to speak of all that is not known, which also exists. And um, I, I think that basically what that's trying to say is at least how I interpret it is we can and may never know what exactly it is that we're looking for. But if we choose the path of the most resistance, that is to say the path that leads to the dissolution of our ego at the very least, or at the very least some semblance of that, then that's when true self-awareness can manifest itself. So, I mean, in, in the likes of identifying what's important to you, you know, how is it done? You know, how, how do we do it? And how, how do we, sort through that when we're being pulled in many different directions and how do we know what the right choice is how do we figure out the right thing when our mind is giving us the idea that multiple paths are the right thing you know doing the right thing while not losing sight of the potential consequences of not doing the other thing um i think there's there's a term that matches well with this discussion and it's a social sciences term and it's something that i had a brief understanding of in my graduate studies but it's the uh, the example that's deemed the collective unconscious, which means essentially that normal, in normal human language, what that means is the reluctance of groups of people to disengage in critical thinking for the sake of the path of least resistance. Uh, I think we're seeing this as a, as a prevalent ideology in, in COVID, in the election. Thank fucking God that's over and who knows what's to come for better or for worse of the results of it. But basically anything that kind of any, any social event or, or group happening that, that forces people to kind of divide themselves into two groups of people, whether that be the left or the right or the anti-maskers or the pro-maskers or the people that, you know, um, vaccinations versus not, you know, flat earthers versus round earthers. I mean, there, there's a laundry list of things that people engage in these types of aimless conflicts and to which of though there's no resolution. And I think that that is a perfect example of the collective unconsciousness. And also in doing so in engage in being one of these people that feeds into that mainstream ideology or these, or these ideologies in general, you're directly interfering with your ability to, to understand these things as an individual. So 
kind of a more specific example of this is say that there's a, a doctor or a family physician and that doctor or family physician has a general knowledge of the know-how to practice medicine. So for, for a vast array of ailments and illnesses. And that applies to the collective, but oftentimes that treatment must be uniquely and pragmatically designated on an individual level. So meaning that individuals vary, much like, much like the choices that we make, and individuals require individual solutions, which can be a basis for problem solving in terms of your own life. And even further that point on how to become more singular and individualistic in your pursuit of self-awareness and enlightenment, you have to be willing to separate yourself from the indoctrination of what society deems you as. Um, Luke's story, uh, I was actually just introduced to him recently on an Aubrey Marcus podcast, one podcast that I really love. And what he noted is something that I thought to be extremely profound in that we are, you know, when we're, when we're essentially indoctrinated in this society, we're given a birth certificate and then we're given a social security number. And thus, in some relevant sense, we belong to society. We belong to the state. But only when we're able to recognize that, hey, I'm a natural man or you're a natural woman and understanding that that is our God-given right to feel as such, we can begin to detach ourselves from the confines that oftentimes provoke this clouded and convoluted sense of reality. When in reality... We are that person. We are that natural man or that natural woman. And how we choose to go forward is based on, on how we feel. And it shouldn't be anything more than that. So, I mean, I mean taking it into even a further point, you know, why, why do we form relationships? Why do we have children? Why is it a goal to have a big house or a successful career or a beautiful partner? Certainly that is not necessarily the natural order of things so why does it happen and I think that in in some sense it's because of our programming from our inception into the education system and through our family upbringings that teaches us that not only through those ways can we find whatever the meaning of happiness is and and by the way I think under the right circumstances it can work but it's challenging because if you were at all online online in the sense of understanding that you're an individual or conscious in any way, then you can readily see through the ideology that presents the notions of only by checking off these imaginary and illusionary lists that only through those ways we can truly be happy. Um, you know, this is something that, that I've, I've struggled immensely with. And I don't necessarily know why I've always, been, I've always had this natural rebellious tendency to what the what groups tend to buy into. And it just as a silly example, like, I mean, I played sports all my life. I love sports. I, I, I wrestled all my life. I, I played baseball all my life. Um, and I skied all my life, skateboarded. Like I did, I did a lot of different sports and I, and I love the idea of competition in sports. But when you get past a certain point and it's no longer something that you're pursuing, and obviously I wasn't going to become a professional athlete in any sense, um, but the idea of devoting your time to being obsessed with the idea of sports is, is something that I've always found somewhat confusing, mostly in the terms of fucking football, because the NFL literally owns like a day of the week. And every Sunday, everybody straps on their jerseys and they head over to somebody's house and they all drink a bunch of beer and watch. And I, by the way, I'm not judging it. I've just always found it to be like strange. It's like, why... Why do we obsess about things and why do we live vicariously through these people who are, 
you know, much younger than us who are, are much more in better shape than us and they're making a bunch of money. I think that there's an idea in that actually that we can kind of maybe begin to take apart that like, I think in some ways it, well, obviously I think it's a distraction. I think it's a distraction because it gives you something to look forward to if your life otherwise maybe doesn't have as much meaning as you'd like. And I'm not saying, again, it's not a judgment because I think creating meaning in your life and finding purpose takes most of your life. It's not something that you can just kind of wake up and find. Fortunately for me, I had the, the, the luck of figuring out exactly what I wanted to do, you know, pretty early on, even in, in middle school, I remember I wanted to be a musician. Obviously I'm not doing that right now. And I'm, I'm a podcaster now, if you want to call me that, but the, it's just, it's crazy to me that some people will literally not talk to you or get in an argument with you about the results of a fucking game. And it's something that's just always fascinated me because how can you be so detached from yourself and so detached from what really is out there, which is the real natural world that your life suddenly becomes all about clinging to a side and clinging to a team and, and, and the football analogy was uh, a simple example, but you can, I mean, you can transpose that to anything that you can transpose it to politics or COVID or whatever. And then just like I mentioned before, but I think something that happens to people when they get in those states is it makes it abundantly more easy to, to do it in other areas of their life too. Do you ever notice that when people say that, I don't know, you're like, say that someone's obsessed with like the fucking Broncos or something. Um, those people not only obsess over that, but they obsess over, you know, blasting their opinion on social media about politics. And then they blast their opinion on how they think the country should be ran as if they have any fucking clue, as if anybody has any fucking clue how that's actually properly supposed to be done. But for some reason, I would say the vast majority of people do it. And to bring that full circle, that's exactly what the collective unconscious is. It's the willingness to passively accept the fact that because you've created a life for yourself that you don't like, that you have to choose these rudimentary baseline and honestly adolescent pursuits of what you devote your time and energy to. And that I think can, the term ignorance is bliss is a term for a reason, but I think ultimately your subconscious mind will eventually always come online. And I think that sometimes that can be what a midlife crisis is or what, or what you, when you reach a point in your life, you're like, what did I care about? What did I spend my time caring about? And I think for a lot of people that hits them like a bag of bricks. And, and for me, it hit me in a different way because I've never been a person that's necessarily into the political discussion or obsessed with, with sports or like devoting my time to that. I've, I, I honestly, for the last eight years of my life or so, I've really devoted myself to personal development and I've, I've failed miserably at most of it, (laughs) but there has been little tidbits of, of wisdom that I've gained and been able to put into a practical application. But I think overall, it's just, I think it between the path of least resistance and the path of most resistance, like usually the hardest thing to do and the right thing to do are the same thing. And usually that right thing to do is looking internally rather than externally for what really matters to you and what's important to you. And that can be confusing. And when you decide to go into those paths, I mean, I oftentimes wish that I was that type of person that could just kind of live life detached from any semblance of reality because I think that in a big way, that's what anxiety is. 
that's what social anxiety is. It's what stress is. I mean, I'm not saying that people that are in those worlds don't stress. Of course they do. But, but in a different sense, what I stress about and have anxiety about is mostly things to do with my internal self. And because I really try to make an active effort to not let the external world stress me out. And and again, like I'm not always successful at it, but I think that you're far better equipped to handle the external when your internal is in a state of equanimity. And you can only really get to that point through constant pain and suffering and constant, the constant devotion to, to, to picking yourself up when the pieces are broken and you don't know where to go. But you know, in a very, so in a very real sense, how do we create meaning for ourselves based on these parameters? You know, it it can be difficult, but the whole point of life is to do that, I think, and to do so on the basis of your own consent as a human being, not through the ideas of the collective. So that's why it's so important to think, act, behave, wonder, postulate, contemplate for yourself outside of the influence of your family or your friends or your socioeconomic upbringing or, or whatever it may be. Individual peace comes from individual awareness. Who you are, what you feel, what you pay attention to, and more importantly, what do you really need? Just just stop and think about this for a sec. And, and maybe this is a challenge that you can do because it's something that I've, in a, in a way, been forced to do as of lately is think about what we really need. And if there has been a, as good of time as ever to do so, it's right now, you know, I lost, you know, I lost my job. I mean, you guys have heard this before. I mean, so many people have lost their jobs, lost their income, lost their families, lost their homes. And all of these things have essentially been out of their control. But what those things have done for me personally is forced me into this deep introspective sense where I'm having to really dive into what I really need. You know, not necessarily what I want, because I think it's okay to, to pursue a life of what you want, but it's equally actually, if not more, more important. So to, to understand what you need, um, just as a baseline example for me, the things that I know that I need are a lot of alone time. Um, a lot of time away from people, despite, you know, uh, not being able to play shows. Now I, I actually really miss people. And as I've explained in previous episodes, I've, I've understood the value of having meaningful and positive relationships in your life. So you don't necessarily have to feel like you have to endure those things alone. But I also need, I need to work out. I need to exercise. I need to eat a clean diet. I need to drink a lot of water. I need to get enough rest. I need to read books. I need to meditate. There, there's a laundry list of things that I have to do in order to feel some semblance of peace, as I've explained again. And I'm sorry if I'm sounding repetitive here. I'm just trying to get to the point. But those are the things that I know in my life that I really need. Now, there's there's been as of, you know, recent changes in my life, you know, coming into a new space and a new chapter, um, and a new location. It's, it's forced me to, to do that again. And I think a big part of understanding what you really need is also understanding that what, whatever you're going through right now is temporary and it's impermanent and it will change, but it only is going to change if you change. Now, what I've decided to change in myself is a couple things. First of all, the ability to, or not the ability to, the, the willingness to allow other people to come into my life. Not only that, the willingness to allow myself to feel things that I thought were gone in me, you know, like the ability to, to fall in love again, the ability to, to feel like I'm worthy of a, of another intimate relationship, despite all the failed ones and all the mistakes that I've made. Um, and I don't think that I'm quite 
ready to feel like I deserve those things. And, and maybe that's my own feelings of inadequacy, but maybe it's also just relevant fact that, you know, based on my karmic energy and based on like what I've, what I've, the choices that I've made, I really don't think like, I feel like I deserve that as of now. I, I want it eventually, you know, and I, and I, and I want it on a deep level, not only for myself, but to be able to share that, share something actually that's vulnerable and real with somebody else and make it last long time, long term. That's just a realization that I've come to, you know, recently. Um, and also, you know, also when you're in states of like mending and picking up the pieces of a previous relationship, I mean, that, that definitely has an influence on it too. But anyways, regardless of all of that, what I'm, what I'm basically saying is that you need to go into feeling what, into trying to understand what you really need with intention. And I think in the past, I necessarily didn't, I didn't necessarily not go into things with intention, but I, I did things passively and unconsciously, much like the rudimentary examples that I gave you of people just blindly following the narrative of the news or blindly following the narrative of politics or COVID or whatever. I did that in my own life, but I think I did it for the sake of not wanting to hurt the other person or, or the other people. And not, and not only that, like just not kind of having the transparency with myself and the trust in myself to, to make the right decision. So I would kind of make the right decision that was best for them, but maybe not the best decision that was right for me. And honestly, even me thinking that it was the best decision for them, oftentimes 95% of the time it ended up not being the best decision for them. And alas, here I am, here we are, you know, as I mean, that's going to be the title of the episode here. I mean, here we are. It's like you, you have these moments where you can just take a step back and be like, wow, every decision that I ever made, everything that I ever did or said or, or choice that I made, even if I knew it was not the right thing, it led me to right here. And of course there's things that are out of our control at times. I mean, granted a lot of the choices I made in relationships, trying to figure out what I really need needed, but mostly focusing on what I thought that they needed, even though that's not my job. And obviously it led to the demise of everything anyway, you know, in doing that, you definitely led me here, but there were, you know, things that are out of my control when, and then when things are out, are out of your control that happen as well, get tacked onto that, it gets difficult, you know? And what's weird about, and I'm sorry, I don't want to make this all about like me, but maybe it's just something that you've experienced too. So I'm trying to just fucking relate it to you. But for me, I've realized too, that in order to figure out what I really need, I need to constantly try to push myself in a state of calm, you know, just calm in how I speak to people, calm in how I do this podcast or calm in how I just, I talk to myself, you know, whether it's negative or positive self-talk. And most of the time it's, for me, it's fucking negative self-talk, but there's a lot of different habits that you can create that can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. And most of the time I've been my own worst enemy. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's one of those things that you, that is so individualistic. And again, to get back to that point, everybody's journey to self-discovery is subjective, unique, original, and individualistic to them, you know? And, and I think that some of us, me included, and and I don't, and I don't say this to say out of some sense of self-righteousness, because I, I think that me doing this has led to a lot of heartache in my life. But 
as an empathic person, I never want somebody else to feel as though they're not worthy or an, or they're inadequate or they feel that they can't or they can't be honest with me. And I think that sometimes, I mean, maybe if I'm just speaking truthfully with myself, that sometimes maybe me doing that has put an obligation or a pressure on them to feel like they have to do that. And I think that that's what life is all about is just kind of finding, whether it's an intimate relationship or a friendship, I think that a part of having humans in your life is first of all, letting them come to you, letting them come to the realizations of what they need out of you in their life on their own and not enforcing or, or obligating them to feel as though they have to say the right things and do the right things all the time because that's just not going to happen. And when you have that unrealistic expectation of people that of course will eventually, maybe not right away, but eventually will lead to the failure of the relationship. Um, I'm going to read an ad real quick, then we'll get back to it. The Starving Artist is brought to you by G7th Capo Company. G7th Capos are the most powerful and dynamic capos on the market today. Seamless playability and adjustments with ease and a huge selection to suit the needs of any live performer or simply anyone who plays guitar and needs to adjust keys faster for vocal to guitar transitions. Head over to G7th.com. Browse their online shop now and see all of the deals that they're offering. Again, again, that is G7th.com. The Starving Artist is also brought to you by Flight Sport Supplements. At Flight, we are passionate about two things, faith and fitness. We as an organization exist to provide you with great products and information to help you build a healthy body and achieve your fitness goals. Head over to flightsport.com. Use promo code CaseyRyanMusic at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's flightsport.com. Promo code CaseyRyanMusic for 10% off at checkout. Uh, Also, uh, real quick before we get back into the episode, I'm going to be reading a couple of questions that I had um, from people. And uh, thank you guys so much for all the questions. I'm trying I'm trying to sort through them all. I'm going to try to read maybe two or three on each episode. But uh, if you'd like to uh, email info.thestarvingartistpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's info.thestarvingartistpodcast at gmail.com. And you can ask a question about whatever it is. I don't care. And no matter, even if it, even if you think it's offensive or whatever, like I, I would love to hear what you guys have to say. And just, uh, if you're, if you're going through something and maybe you think that I can offer even just a little bit of insight, um, I would love to. And especially if I have guests on, uh, when I have guests on, they're going to, you know, be able to do that and we can all do it together. So I think it'll be a, a cool thing to do. And again, thank you for all the responses so far. Um, also really quickly too, um, I'm offering a uh, promotional, a mutually beneficial promotional program right now. So if you're a small business or uh, um, you're offering a product or a service or you're just trying to get something showcased to get more attention, if you head over to Patreon and pledge me 10 bucks a month, then I'm going to advertise your product as long as you subscribe for free on the, well, it's not for free. I guess it's 10 bucks a month, but it's a really cheap and inexpensive way for you to showcase your product. And, uh, I, I, I just want to help you guys out and it, and it also would help me out, you know, help the show grow and get more sponsors. So if you'd like to just email me at that email info.thestarvingartistpodcast at gmail.com and we can go from there and talk about it. So, uh, thank you for that. Um, for those of you that have reached out so far, um, anyways, but back to this. So a big part of this too is, is, uh, learning how to listen to yourself. And again, and again, like I've, I've, I've tried and failed at this many times, but I think that some part of me is actually starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with this, with this notion. Um, I think that if, if you're willing to sit with these things long enough 
whether you're aware of them or not, eventually they're going to come up. But if you sit with them with intention, then you can find them. Unfortunately, sometimes, as has been proven in my life, that comes through undeniable and palpable pain. But learning how to listen to yourself, I think, first of all, comes with the ability to remain calm in the chaos. Like, for example, like I went and jumped in the lake today, and it's like 35 degrees out, and it's snowing. And it was miserable. It was difficult. It always is every time I've done that. Cold shock is uh, immensely beneficial. So, but you do a breath workup exercise up to it. So, you know, for about a minute to where you kind of get your fingers kind of tingly and you get kind of lightheaded. And through, through doing so, you oxygenate the brain and then you plunge into the cold and you go underwater. And it's like, it almost feels like somebody's stabbing you. Um, but, but the importance of that is the breath work. So you learn how to listen to yourself in those moments. You're like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's okay. And you just focus on your breath. And eventually you get to the point where, you know, you can sit in that cold water for a few minutes and it's, and, and you're fine. And I think that you can apply that to any stressful moment in your life or any moment when you need, when you feel like you maybe need to make a decision. Um, and it's also important not to rush that decision, but by sitting with yourself with intention and listening to your, your body and how that's telling your mind to act and behave, I think you're able to find a, a far better answer and you might not get it right away and you might have to work toward it, but I think eventually it can happen. So like, like all in all, it's, it's just the process of self-discovery and self-awareness. It's, it's ongoing. I think that some people get two things. One, people tend to operate from a position in their life of lack um, if you are self-aware, I think that that's one of the curses that comes with it is you're operating from this position where you are not whole. And in order to become whole, you either need to get something of material value or monetary value or relational value or intimate value from another person. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having those things, but it's how you, it's how you use those things and how you associate yourself with those things. It's like being able to detach yourself because that's because that's what true detachment is it's being able to be around what is what could be considered harmful or detrimental to you but then also being able to find the calm and the chaos of that and recognize in the moment that like it's okay for me to be around this but I'm not going to partake in it Um, because if you do partake in it over and over again that becomes a habit and habits especially negative habits can oftentimes lead to to neuroses it can lead to the antithesis of what you actually want to become and nobody wants to be in that position and it's a position that I've been in more than more than once but but also um, the other thing is understanding that the part two of that because I said two things sorry I'm fucking you know my brain is fucking crazy but part two of that is is getting to the point where you understand that destination sickness can be also the detriment of what you do. So, so there's two sides of that coin, the operating from, from a position of lack and then also thinking as though once you get said thing or said person or said job or, or said enlightenment that the story is over and it's not. It's important, I think, to get to a point at which you are content and you're feeling as though you're doing something of value and you're doing something that's good for you, that feels right. But... You can only do that by understanding that it's a process and it's, it's, it's chapters, you know, just to like kind of go back to what I was saying earlier in the beginning and that maybe that's a good analogy is that life is chapters. And if you, if you're writing a book about your life, you know, chapter one, maybe being birth, 
you know, in chapter two, maybe being like your childhood and then three, four, five being high school, college, post college, whatever it is. And then, you know, so if you're 21 years old, listening to this or 30 years old, listening to this or 40, 50, 60, whatever, all that you're in right now is, is another chapter, you know, and death, I think is the, the end of the book, but it doesn't necessarily have to be something that we fear and that we make to be sad. I think what's, what makes someone's life a sad story or a sad novel, if you want to put it in those terms, is someone who lived a life caring about the wrong things and just doing the wrong things with the wrong people. Um, so that, so I think that it's important to start doing these things as early as you can in life. I honestly, like if I ever have children, it's going to be something that I really try to instill in them at an early age about self-awareness and meditation and just understanding that they can, they can create a life for themselves that they don't have to run away from or feel bad about if they, if they do what's hard. And, uh, the reason I can speak so highly on that is because I've mostly done the wrong things. Um, the things that I've done right, I've done really right. But the things that I've done wrong have been really wrong. And I don't know, but getting to, but, but under, but getting back to it, um, destination sickness can, can oftentimes be this morose and, and confusing, just as confusing as you were before, because you thought in your head, you, you created this expectation in your head that once you got this thing or, or achieve this goal that, that, oh, I, you know, I thought I would feel happier than I am. Like, why don't I feel happier? And like, it's momentary and you do feel a happiness, but then it quickly dissipates and you're left with that same vacant feeling that you had before. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that, you know, in my life where I, you know, like years ago when I was struggling to make money and even fucking now, honestly, because, you know, I've obviously had to, had to move to pursue something else. Um, you think that, okay, well, once I get this amount of money, like everything's going to be fine. And maybe that's true to an extent, you know, because a lot of things can be solved with the right monetary value. But when you, uh, do that enough and you do that consistently and nothing inside of you changes and you don't feel any different, then you have a disease, you know, and that disease is the inability to feel happiness. And that's something that I think that most people struggle with and they think they find it. They think they find happiness in their partner or their children or their job. And you obviously can, I'm not saying that, but true inner peace has to come from the inner. It can't come from anything else that's animate or inanimate. So, so to wrap that all up, learn how to trust yourself. And you can only do so by sitting with yourself intentionally. You can only do that by going into the darkest voids of your mind and your body and how you really feel and what you really need. And understanding that all of that coalesces to the, to the end result of, okay, did I live a life where I thought that I was lacking something? And did I live a life that I was I was chasing a destination that otherwise never would have given me what I really wanted and I thought it did. And all of that wrapped together is tied to the collective unconscious and tied to how people behave and act in group settings and not individualistic levels and constantly living a life that detaches them from the naturalistic state of their being. So we need to be able to recognize when those things are happening and when we're falling into those traps. So I hope all of that somewhat kind of made sense and you guys can maybe take it into what you, uh, you can take it into your own and kind of understand like what it, what it means to you. Because again, that's the whole fucking pur purpose of why we're here. So, all right, I'm going to get to a couple questions here. 
Um, and again, if you want to email info dot the starving artist podcast at gmail.com and ask any question you want, uh, we've got quite a bit of responses so far. I'm just going to read a couple here. Um, I have three actually to read. So Aubrey out of Chicago, Illinois, I played Chicago for the first time. I think it was a year and a half ago, something like that. Yeah. That place is cool, dude. Um, a lot of people talk a lot of shit about Chicago. I had a good time there. I also only spent like like one day there. So I don't know. Anyways, Aubrey out of Chicago says, Hey Casey, big fan of the show. Was hoping you could help me in asking out a guy that I really like. Like, like, do you want me to ask him out? Wait, let's just keep reading. I get so nervous and never know what to say. So I was just wondering if you could give any advice coming from the male perspective. Um, maybe this is true for everybody. It's, it's mostly true for me. I respect a female, I mean, it's not that I disrespect females at, at all, but like I, I really respect a female who has the confidence to to just ask it, no matter how it sounds, no matter how silly she sounds or awkward it sounds. And honestly, like even if it is like a nervous ask or a weird way of doing it, I honestly find that like really attractive. But just when someone has the courage to actually ask what they want to ask, um, because thinking, thinking about it this way, he's either going to say yes or he's going to say no. And if he says no, you're going to be fine and you can ask somebody else out and they'll probably say yes, you know? And, uh, I, I think that you, you maybe if, if you want to shoot your shot, you should shoot it. Um, obviously, you know, don't set yourself up for like a huge, you know, heartache or heartbreak. You know, I, I would, before you ask him out, I would, before you ask him, if you like actually want to spend time with him, maybe like, you know, whether it's a phone call or just like texting or whatever. I mean, like probably wouldn't for, prefer texting, but if you can talk to him in person and just kind of like just hang out with him as a friend, you know, just get to be his friend. And then if, and when you are sure that you want to do that, just have the confidence to do it. Just do it. I mean, just, just count to three and do it. Um, that's maybe a little more difficult for us. I mean, I, I've always just had the ease of being able, being able to do that. <laughs> um, just because, I mean, I, I don't like to really like mitigate risks sometimes and that can be good and bad. But all in all, if he's a good dude and, and you trust that you're making a, a good decision, just, just ask him, you know, just, just go up and say, Hey, let's go to dinner sometime or let's go on a walk or well, Chicago right now, you probably shouldn't go on a walk because it's like negative 50. But, uh, anyways, yeah, just have the confidence. Just, just do it from the male perspective. I think that a lot of men respect like a woman who goes after what she wants and what, and what she feels like she wants. So all right, next question, Nick out of Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Do you believe in God? I think you would be extremely arrogant of me to say that there isn't a God. Um, I don't believe that there is a bearded man in the sky casting judgment on somebody for sticking their dick inside of another guy if they're a guy. Or if somebody goes and steals a pack of gum from Walmart and doesn't say sorry for it, then they're going to burn in hell an eternity for it. I don't really buy into that narrative. And quite frankly, I think if you do, you're living in a delusion. Because <laughs> um, I think religion can be fucking dangerous. Um, but I do believe of God in the sense of being the self. In the sense of being that feeling of of complete bliss or love that you feel. Maybe, like for me, it's when I'm on stage or on top of a mountain that I've climbed or whatever. Um uh, and, and I've, and I felt the presence of God in relationships too, in the moments that it has been good. I mean, I definitely, I definitely think that for, I mean, this is a really, I mean, this question is, it can go on for hours and it's a discussion obviously that, 
you know, a lot of people have and argue over. And I don't, I don't argue with people about it because I think that if you do believe in God and you go to church and you do that, the whole devout Christian thing, and you're being a good person and you're using it as a tool and a basis and a guidebook to, to be that good person, then great. But the moment you like judge somebody else for not believing in that is what's bullshit. The problem that I have with it mostly is that I am more than willing to admit the fact that I don't know if there's a God because nobody knows. And if you say, you know, you're lying. So, um, but I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. So yeah. Anyways, Seth out of Spokane, Washington. How do you know when it's time to cut a friend out of your life? And if so, how do you go go about doing so? Uh, with compassion, assertiveness, and grace. Um, something I've had to do several times, and I've also been the friend that's been cut out um, for reasons that I'm still kind of confused about to this day. But uh, overall, like you can't you can't control if somebody wants to do that, and and if you want if you're the person that's wanting to cut the person out of your life. If you're even questioning it, it's probably time. Um, a big telltale sign is if you bring something up and they they are reluctant or refuse to even speak to you about what's going on, and they just, they're just they get immediately dismissive and diffuse responsibility and get super defensive and and just don't take any responsibility and just put it all on you. Then that's a pretty big telltale sign. So I would say sit the person down. And just have a conversation with them and just be honest about how you felt about maybe how they've, how something that they have done or said has kind of pushed you toward feeling, you know, feeling for the negative. Because most likely, obviously, that's it if you're considering cutting this person out. But I think overall, it just takes, um, if, if you reach that point where you're actually going to cut the person out, be compassionate about it, be loving about it, be graceful about it. And, uh, I think that you'll feel a lot better about it then because sometimes you just, you should, just shouldn't have people in your life and you don't necessarily, you don't have to hate them or dismiss them completely and then just write them off. Cause I, I think that people can change. And I think it's important, first of all, to give that person an opportunity to, to, to change and to change their behavior, but also to understand that, uh, sometimes people don't change. And if you've given them opportunities to change and they don't, then, then it's time. But when you do so, just try to be um, empathetic about it and kind, um, because it's, I think it's a lot better to do it that way than to just be like, fuck off and get the hell out of here. Um, yeah. Oh, I hope that helps, man. Overall, I'm going to read you guys one more ad and then we'll get out of here. The starving artist is brought to you by liquid IV. Liquid IV's mission is to help people everywhere live better lives, to optimize the body, hydrate those in need and better the planet. From the electrolyte multiplier to the triple hydration single-use packets, Liquid IV is becoming a staple in the hydration game and is an incredible product for anyone looking to expand their overall health and fitness. Visit liquid-iv.com. Use promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off. Again, that's liquid-iv.com. Promo code Casey Ryan Music at checkout for 20% off. Um, again, send me some questions, guys. Um, if you, and, and again, if you're a small business owner or you want to showcase a product and get more attention for it, please uh, just subscribe to me on Patreon. Otherwise, if you just want to support the show, please um, sub- subscribe to the show, and, and it really helps me, and uh, I, I fucking really appreciate it, you guys. So um, thank you so much. Uh, make sure that you're listening to yourself today. Check in with yourself. Ask yourself how you're feeling and what you need today because that's the most important thing you can do in order to be better for yourself and to be better for the world around you. So please, I encourage you all to do that. And uh, yeah, next week we're going to have a guest most likely. And we'll get that sorted out. And I'll see you guys next week. That's it. Bye. Everything I've kept up